The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Listen, there's songs around you that dance in the air like a melody. Messages of Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me. I am especially excited today to have right here sitting with me live Mavis Patilla, a woman who I describe in my book, Messages of Hope, as the grand dame of evidential mediumship. We have so much to cover today that I probably will not be taking callers, so I'm sorry if that disappoints any of you, but I promise you we have a lot of good material. I have some questions that Mavis has not been briefed about in advance, and this hour is going to fly by. But let me first welcome Mavis. Hello. How are you? Oh. A little bit nervous sitting here with you, Mavis. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you. I, before I start asking questions and letting people enjoy your beautiful energy, I would like to share with everybody just a short bit of information about you. This is off your website, but uh, those who want more information can learn about Mavis at MavisPatilla.com. But for now, let me tell you, Mavis has been a medium for 50 years Her awareness of the existence of the spirit world arose in her 20s when she spontaneously became aware of those in spirit. She subsequently learned to control her interactions with the spirit world, initially under the tutorship of a gentleman named Mr. Brooks at her local spiritualist church near Manchester, England, but was then taken under the wing of Gordon Higginson, the most knowledgeable and inspirational medium of the 20th century. Since then, Mavis has worked in many countries throughout the world, demonstrating the presence of spirit and teaching others to do the same. And I would be one of those when I first started down this path. She became a tutor at the Arthur Finley College of Psychic Sciences in England and eventually senior tutor there. That's where I had the pleasure of learning from her. Her great passion is teaching, whether it be the fundamentals or advanced mediumship. She provides master classes for tutors and has been instrumental in helping to develop many of the younger mediums currently working in the United Kingdom and abroad, which is why I'm able to interview her live and in person today, because just this last week I hosted her here in Florida for a class, and she has another one coming up later in the show. I'll tell you where you might be able to study with Mavis later this year. But I promised Mavis this would not be the same old interview with questions about her story and her background. We want to get into some things that she may not usually talk about. So, Mavis, right off the bat, knowing your sense of humor, I'm almost afraid to ask this question. But if you hadn't followed the prompting of spirit and been a medium for the past decades, what do you think you'd have been doing? Oh, probably knitting (laughs) in a rocking chair by this time. I don't think I would have been doing anything that would have been as fulfilling or rewarding. 
but uh, my life would have been caught up with family possibly and learning to cook and sew and knit and all those boring things that women do. <laughs> so uh, basically and simply it's just been a, a wonderful life for me uh, to break the boundaries really and to step out and do right. things out of the ordinary. You really have stepped out too because I was excited to share that you're my guest because anybody who has studied mediumship, who has taken it seriously, knows you. And so... No one knows better than you the joys of being a medium, but what have been some of the more challenging aspects for you personally of this work that is not all joy? It's not all joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we're, we're talking to people that are absolutely broken-hearted, broken-hearted, and, and their lives are broken. And uh, for you and I, because we are sensitive, uh, we will feel that pain. So because of the psychic, the soul, the soul actually and the sensitivity, we, once we open up to communicate with the spirit, will also communicate with the spirit within. So in other words, we're uh, touching the the spirit incarnate and the spirit discarnate. So we're caught between these two emotions. And quite often that can be quite overwhelming, particularly when you're starting out on this journey. So what have you learned to do to not let that energy get to you? I believe, you see, that it only passes through me. It is not mine. So I have to open up and think, no, I have to let this flow through me and beyond me to the sitter. If I don't do that, it means that the presence of the spirit can't come through because it's blocked by my own memories, my own thoughts, my own emotions, and that will break the link. So because the the link is very fragile with the spirit world and we have to concentrate not on what we're doing but the feeling and the presence and allowing whatever they need to say to just flow through us. And that way then, I can't say you you lose the empathy and the feel of people's sorrow, but it changes, it changes. And that's the stage that I'm at now where I can think, yes, I know you've got to say this, so I'll open up and I'll let it pass through me, but I won't hold it. Beautiful. I will let it go. Yes. In your book, uh, Mavis with Spirit, you state that mediumship is a pearl of great price. Would you explain what you mean by that? A pearl of great, well, a a pearl is developed through a a tiny grain of sand, and it's an irritant. That's what it is. And sometimes when you start out on this job, or it's not a job, it's a vocation really, but when you start out, you feel so excited and you want to serve the spirit world and you want to do it right and you want to prove it to everyone. So you want everybody to get this joy that you've got. And then suddenly uh, someone says to you, well, you should be doing private work or you should be doing public demonstrations. (laughs) So then when you start, it changes So for me, for instance, I was an objective medium, and that means that I would talk to the spirit world. But when I started to use it publicly, it had to change. Mm -hmm. It had to change. So the the pearl of great price is the, the fact that sometimes when you feel at your lowest depth, when you feel that I have nothing left to give, and I'm not a medium because it's all gone wrong. <laughs> it's about being able to know that it's worth the pearl of great price. It's worth the suffering. Yes, indeed. If you can stay with it. Yes, indeed. Um, and really, in that suffering, you learn to believe in yourself as a spirit, and then you believe in the great spirit and the spirit world. And there you have the trinity then, of the pure spirit. But it's it is a pearl of great price. So, Mediumship's never stable. It's always moving. It's always changing. It's like the sea and the tides changing. Uh, mediumship's like that, and you can easily lose your way. You can easily lose your way. Well, as a 
teacher or tutor at Arthur Finley College for many years, you then understand why they call it Tearful Tuesday and Weepy Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. (laughs) I do remember Weepy Wednesday. I used to be Weepy. I joined them on Weepy Wednesday when I was training because, of course, uh, I went through it exactly as, as you went through it. Uh, I know Tuesday, I know Wednesday, I know uh, the pain and the suffering when you get up to work and it doesn't happen. Yes. Okay, it just doesn't happen. Why are they not there? Why have they left me? And we take, we go down and we go down and we go down and, oh, goodness gracious But me. happily what goes down comes back up. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, oh gosh, one of the things I love about you is the reverence with which you regard the work of mediumship, the sacredness. And I dug out my notes from Arthur Finley College from 2009. And here is a quote from you that I wrote down verbatim back then. Quote, it is the opening of the mind that gives the soul the power to communicate with the spirit world. And then you said so poetically, come, come, I will love you and allow your love to pass through me and touch those you once lived with and loved. Where does that kind of reverence come from? Oh, that's a toughie, isn't it, really? It's not that easy to answer. Only to say that really the emotion and the sacredness and and the knowing that you're you're connected with a power that is so pure and that we can use that so that those in the spirit world, you know, we heal two worlds. We heal two worlds because yeah. those in the spirit world need mediums. They need them, but they need the sacredness of the medium. They need the presence of the medium around them. They don't need uh, someone with a mind that's saying, uh, like a, a, t- a receptionist, well, what's your name and what's your birthday and what's this and what's that? Oh, goodness gracious me that that really doesn't give us the presence or the grace or the simplicity of the presence of the spirit and for me that's so important and of course you know the your soul opens so did those words come from my soul did they come from the knowledge that for a brief brief moment i am about my father's business (laughs) Beautiful. And I feel that that's very important for our mediums to remember. Those are uh, very, very important words. I am about my father's business. In other words, I'm about God's business. Yes. And we must never move away from that. Beautiful. You have a deck of spiritual inspiration cards entitled The Spirit Within Speaks. To help us become aware of our, our true nature, would you describe for us your understanding of the spirit within? Fine. When I started out on this journey, Suzanne, I believed that the spirit world did everything. Because you would move into my lounge and I'd say, oh, you can't sit there, my grandmother's there, or you can't sit there, the cat's there. And the cat and my grandmother have been in the spirit world for years. So I fell into the trap of believing that the spirit world did everything. What I didn't recognize that I wasn't allowing my soul and my spirit to grow and to actually talk to me. And I was, uh, during that period, very, very sick. And I remember uh, my main, one of my main controls, Jane, uh, coming through and saying, but you're forgetting that your own spirit can speak to you. So allow your spirit to come, to the, uh, become stronger and listen and believe and trust your spirit. So that's where the card started from. So I would uh, be walking down uh, the path or sitting by the tree and and suddenly I'd think of a question and then Jane, I would hear Jane and she had such a lovely voice and she'd say, I am the spirit within. I am you and you and I are one. And I, oh, I just, oh, it just made me aware of the great power and the great privilege we have to walk on earth to even live on this planet is the privilege. Uh, so I love it. Oh, and um, 
Jane, your guide, was a former nun, if I recall correctly. She was a novice nun. She never actually became a, a nun. She died of tuberculosis, which, funnily enough, when I got my, uh, when the faculties opened for me to uh, actually find this vocation, actually, uh, I had tuberculosis, but we didn't know I got tuberculosis. So it's strange she mm-hmm. died of it, and I had it, but I've lived through it. <laughs> so, so I think we're a good compromise together. Yes. Now, this is interesting for listeners to understand that you're also not someone who saw spirits your whole life. So, as I mentioned in the bio, and you've just mentioned now, your faculties open. Do you believe they were there all along, lying latently to be open? I feel uh, my belief, my belief is that everyone who lives on Earth is given the opportunity of soul to be sensitive to be intuitive, to be able to write beautiful, beautiful words and poetry. And some of the books that we can read have come from the spirit within, the sensitivity, all that. that that's, everyone has got that opportunity. Some of us, however, are born into a genetic structure that allows the soul to go that little bit further and allows us to utilize that connection with, to the spirit world. So, for instance, when you're a sensitive, when you're a healer, a physiotherapist, you're a counselor, you're a nurse, uh, you're an optician, call it what you will, they will use their sensitivity, they will use that intuitive part of themselves. Even our researchers that don't believe in this, you know, actually are sensitives because that inquiring mind comes from the soul so they're on a journey inquiring opening souls up but for you and i we've been born into a genetic structure where eventually not not for me for me definitely not for me i didn't have it as a child nor did i you know i didn't have it three months to live and bang it was there okay it just opened and there we were and that's where the journey started okay do you see that as part of a a plan that you needed to go through certain life lessons and get to that point where you thought you were going to die that it was held in abeyance i believe it can't begin until you have fulfilled part of the journey i believe you see our lives are chapters yes definitely and each each chapter is a learning process So until we have reached that point where the soul can blossom and open like a, if you like, like a flower, if you want to call it a flower, it will open when the time's right. For me, it opened at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought the spirit world did everything. It took me many years to come to the understanding that, goodness gracious me, I've got a spirit within me. Who am I to believe that I've got this power? Because I'm not a perfect person. As you know, I do many things I still shouldn't do as a spiritual being. Um, we'll talk about that's that probably bit. why I'm not going to the spirit world very quickly. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, you do feel like that sometimes. You know, how come... That, that I've been given this gift and it, it isn't a gift for you it's a gift to give away mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes if people could recognize that no they haven't given you a gift they've given you a gift to give away yes and when we look at it from that point of view then we can settle into it because we don't have to think we're gifted yeah Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. So it makes it easier for us to actually go forward in a natural way and live natural lives as well as being mediums. That's why I love the teaching aspect of mediumship because, as you just said uh, in this class this past week for the students, that it's a constant unfoldment and it's always changing. And I love when I get new insights, sharing them immediately with my students because we're all learning together and enjoying the, the sacredness of it and enjoying how we can fine-tune that connection. Well, it's like I said in the course, actually, and I think I think you were there when I said, well, you know, I learned from you. There was something you'd said, and I thought, oh, yes, I must think about that. <laughs> and, it, you know, so is there a teacher or is there someone who perhaps is just one stage in front of another 
And yet, can we go backwards and pick up knowledge and then go forward and pick up knowledge? Mm -hmm. I believe that it's it's this impouring and outpouring and it's the sharing, actually. I like the, the, forward. the empty cup analogy. If we think our cup is full, we're never going to learn anything else. No. Yeah. No. Well, as a follow-on to that previous question about the spirit within, you often use a term that I don't hear with others. You speak of the soul igniting within each person. Would you explain what you mean by the soul igniting? Well, when the mediumship starts, it's like a, a, an ignition. It's like a, a complete change of, 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 of feeling within yourself. When you ignite your power, you will know you've ignited the power because it will change the whole structure, not just of your mind, but of your very being, the essence of you. So once a medium is watching someone ignite the power, you can see the ignition because it reaches out into the auric field. So the whole being goes into an altered state. So really the ignition brings into being an altered state of consciousness. So this is not just a one-time thing like a kundalini awakening. No. This is a is this something that needs to happen before every reading? Well, I feel that it becomes natural. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you need to force it in the end. Possibly at the beginning of the journey, I would sit there and, and do the prayer and, and do, uh, you know, I used to feel I'd got to wear certain clothes and certain shoes and be sat in a certain way. And I feel that at the beginning of the journey, we need that security and we need that prayer and we need to say, is there anybody there? Uh, because to a degree, you know, the spirit world have to prove it to us before they can begin work. So they have to get through to us that they're definitely there, okay? And that then starts to release the ignition. So the ignition will begin then, okay? And that's where the blending will start. So for me, after all this time, now it for me it's just like putting on a light switch. I just go in and slip, you know, flip the light switch, and and they're there. And why is that? It's because I absolutely believe and trust in yes. who I am. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to beg. I don't need to ask. I don't need to demand. I don't need to uh, have a feeling that is it going to work or isn't it going to work. It's just I know that this is a part of me. So this is the other half of Mary Spatilla. So it's like we're two halves and these two halves come together, mm-hmm. and then the fusion is the faith and the belief. Oh, I'm hearing these words like all of the student, the mediums, the budding mediums out there listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, there's hope. <laughs> Just beautiful. I can't say that I got there in five minutes, mm-hmm. and I feel that with some of our young mediums, I feel that they're, they're perhaps in too much of a hurry. You know, I look back and I'd love to go back and start all over again just to have the joy and the failure, the upliftment and uh, and the magic of it. Yes. You know, it was magic. And I enjoy the journey and let the, let the magic take you on this journey so that you really feel that attunement with the spirit. But with the God source, you see, I'm not a great one for mind mediumship. Mm-hmm. I like the spirit of you and the soul of you to be involved with what you're doing because that allows the presence of the spirit world to have confidence in you Mm -hmm. and for the sitter to be able to feel that family member. So I'm not one for this mind mediumship. So 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 the spirit for me... What you're saying is the spirit on the other side is not saying, oh, we have to put on a show for the medium. We have to Absolutely. give the medium snazzy evidence. Uh, they they can tell when they have a medium that really cares about serving them. Yeah, about loving them. Mm-hmm. And that's it, you know, loving them. And the other thing we don't talk about is that the spirit world are still people. <laughs> you know, I hear them called energy and... Uh, all kinds of names we've got for them, but they're people. Uh, they're housed in a very, very fine body. 
that's very true and the, the finer body that they're in is, is absolutely 100% fabulous but they've still got their emotion they've still got their uh, little quirks uh, they're still the people they were and I just yeah. this is an important message for those who are listening who who have no intention of becoming mediums. Many of our listeners are grieving the loss of a loved one, and this is what they need to know that 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 essence that that personality, the person they love, is still there in their entirety. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That doesn't go because they've moved into another body that is perfect. The body may be perfect. They can take on that body. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why mediums, of course, get the ages wrong. And I hope that the people that are grieving will forgive us for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because basically what happens is that body is so perfect that they're stepping into that it may not look diseased or old or infirm. They, that body is pure and it, it, it's it's wholesome. But within that body structure, all the emotion, all the memory, everything to do with them is there within that body. So, you know, we have to have an empathy and a love and an understanding that, you know, you may have a daughter in this spirit world that doesn't want to say her name and doesn't want to say the date that she died, but really wants to say, thank you for putting my photograph in your car (laughs) because I know you talked to me on your journey to work. For her, that is more important than actually giving the medium that feeling of didn't I do well, I got the name and I got the time when they died. Yeah. Do you see what I'm trying to get up there? Oh, I, I hear you loud and clear. It's uh, taken this left brain of me about nine years to undo that desire. <laughs> <laughs> And when you really do connect with that spirit and do what get across what they want to get across, that that is sacred. Sometimes the medium's just got to be happy when someone in the spirit world says, "I love you." Wow! And the medium just has to be happy with that instead of thinking, "Yes, but." Mm-hmm. Well, back when you were my teacher at at the college, I clearly remember the moment when you asked the assembled students this question. How many of you could give up this journey? And that question brought me to tears because I had traveled across the ocean, left my husband sleeping in a dorm-like atmosphere. There were no cell phones. I was as far away as you could get disconnected. And there was no way I could give up that journey. No way. I didn't want to be there. I'd rather be at home with, with Ty. But it was a calling. And you have shared publicly that two times... You gave up the work for extended periods. Would you mind sharing why you gave it up and what brought you back to it? Well, first of all, I suppose I I went through a period in my life where, as I say, I got over one uh, health condition only then to go into another. And I suppose really, Susanna, I was still young, you know, and, and I thought, well, I'm serving the spirit world, so why aren't... Why isn't everything running better for me? Because I'm doing my very, very best here. You know, didn't realize I was serving myself, really. Okay. Um, So that really put an influence on it. What do you mean by you were serving yourself? Well, was I serving the spirit? Was I really, truly aware of the vocation at that time. Mm. I was very young. I'd stepped out of being an ordinary woman into some people who were, were beginning to stop me and say, oh, you're Mavis Patilla. So, you know, I got a little bit egotistical. Uh, so all that was going on. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and of course, I was... Uh, so so I needed a break, really. I needed mm-hmm. a break. I needed my, if you like, the garden of Gethsemane. I needed to go away. I needed the 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness uh, to actually uh, search in my soul. And after searching in my soul the second time, then, yes, I knew I'd made the commitment then. And I knew then it was a vocation. It was not going to make me look good. It was not going to fulfill me in any other way other than it was a vocation. Uh, And really, I suppose it's coming to that point 
But for me, it was possibly a little bit more difficult than it was for you. I don't know. That's beautiful. Okay. In your book, you state, I don't think I'm a spiritual person now. <laughs> Would you elaborate on that? Uh what is a spiritual person? I don't think we know really what a spiritual person is. We have it, ideas, don't we? Yes, we do. And it depends which religious doctrine you're following. I mean, if you were following, you see, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a higher Church of England. So that was what I was in the past. So, you know, would they think I was spiritual doing this work? No, they wouldn't. Okay. You, you remember the phrase you told me when you had a glass of wine and a cigarette? Oh, I can't remember oh, what was it. Don't be so happy that you know earthly use that's it okay <laughs> and i've carried that with me um and mixan gave me that one and i think it's fabulous okay so when i get a little bit too big for my own self i actually think of that perfect don't be so heavenly that you're no earthly good no earthly use that's right. perfect good lesson <laughs> well it's the bottom of the hour already we're going to take a brief two-minute break and come back and talk about mikasan the guide that you just mentioned and a bunch of other questions we're with mavis patilla please come back and enjoy the rest of the hour If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. We're here in the studio with Mavis Patilla, one of the greatest mediums in the world. She's been a working medium for 50 years. She's been sharing some of her wisdom, and I'm excited to tell you that she's going to be teaching a class in May in Las Vegas and Long Beach, California. So if you want information about that class, please go to her website, MavisPatilla.com. So Mavis, I'm envious. You're Mediumship unfolded spontaneously when, as you said, you suddenly started seeing spirits. That's called objective clairvoyance, seeing them like real people in your living room. But suddenly, 
it stopped at a very awkward moment, as I understand. Very awkward moment. Uh, I was uh, standing up in front of uh, about 60 or 70 people and I was there saying to them, I'm an objective medium, which means I see the spirit world and I'm an objective clairaudience and I hear the spirit world. So, uh, you know, really definite and positive and nothing happened. I could feel my tummy, but I think it was more nerves than anything else and this feeling, well, where have you gone? (laughs) <laughs> Why aren't you here? You know, uh, and it was it was a dreadful thing. But what had happened was because I was working publicly so much, it had gone to subjective mediumship. So it had changed from being objective to subjective. But why would it? Well, basically, when you are an objective medium, you're usually in your own home. Hmm. You're usually in a place where you don't have to get any feedback. So nobody has to say, yes, no, I don't know. Uh, it means that it's just between you and your spirit. So, the, And it's usually the guides or your family members that you see. But when you start to take it to a platform, it changes. Mm-hmm. Because now you've got to give people the opportunity to say, yes, I can take that. Or no, I can't take that. But I would think that would work if you could still see the spirit. You would think so, wouldn't you? But what you've got to remember is because the medium, when they're objective in their own home, are so relaxed, Uh there's no stress. Yet when you go to platform, that you are stressed. And you must know that at the beginning, for the first few years, you're stressed, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Because you want to get it right for the spirit, but you want the yes as well. Mm -hmm. So really, it's the stress, really, and the, the lack of confidence, I believe, that turns it in and makes it subjective. Uh, so so that happens now occasionally if I'm very, very fortunate. Uh, I'll see objectively. Well, I believe you saw Gordon Higginson last week, didn't you? That's correct, Objectively. I did. Yes. Wow. Usually when you're seeing Gordon, it's for a purpose. And um, what I will see many, many times is he'll stand behind a, 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 a student. Wow. And I'll know he's saying to me, maybe I'm interested in this person. I'm going to help them. Wow. You know, so uh, it's it's wonderful when he does that, and I love it. So uh, for the, if I could interrupt for a second, for those who weren't with us at the beginning of the show, Gordon Higginson, Mavis claims, was one of the greatest mediums of the 20th century, if not the definitely. greatest. And he trained you for years, yes. correct? And I'm sure he was a tough taskmaster. But now you're one of the greats. And I'm sure that makes him happy, but um, what is the single most helpful thing you'd say that he taught you about the development of mediumship? To love the spirit world. Oh, you got that from him? To love them, to honor them, and to respect them, and to hold them in very high esteem. Uh, That was the main thing that he taught me. But when he went to the world of the spirit, you know, Gordon was the president of the Spiritualist National Union. He was a physical medium, a mental medium, objective, subjective. He could do everything. And he was an amazing guy. And I loved him. Uh, uh, But, you know, when he went to the spirit world and he came back, he said, oh, this is difficult because I've had to learn how to do it totally different over here. (laughs) I can't tell people how to do it now. I'm having to listen. <laughs> to how it's done from this oh, side, no. and it was very frustrating because, of course, uh, uh, people would see him as that. I don't like to say this, but Gordon's there, um, but it could be that that's what I want. So he went through the same things that our families go through, uh, because quite often, you know, with our families, uh, we'll get a feeling that we've got our husband with us, or our father, or our mother, and then we'll say to someone, "Yes, but I must have been in." imagining it or we could we you know quite often we'll say it's what i wanted to feel so you know uh, he had to go through all that so it must have been very frustrating for him as it's frustrating for our family when we say that oh really was it really my grandmother that touched my neck or uh, was it just ordinary you know draft or was it this or was it that Mm -hmm. we're always questioning aren't we Mm -hmm. Uh, for the spirit world it makes it very frustrating Mm -hmm. so I feel that that was the next lesson I learned so I learned a lot when he was here but I also carried on learning from him when he went to the spirit world interesting 
So everything changes with time. Everything evolves. So with all due respect to Gordon, what has changed in your teaching from what he taught you? It's changed a lot. You're a very naughty uh, person, Susan. Okay, (laughs) asking these difficult questions. I I feel (laughs) that we have moved a great deal since he's gone to the spirit world because we can't stop investigating mediumship. We can't stop investigating what attributes are used by the spirit world. So where they talked a lot about clairaudience... Uh, I know now we're using more claircognizance, which is the thought drop, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's number one. Number two, we haven't got the same physical mediumship that we had when he was on the earth because that's also had to move on and change. And for the listeners who aren't familiar with physical mediumship, that is, would you define that, please? Uh, well, that's when you, you really, it's wonderful, but, uh, in a, in a materialization sense is when the spirit world comes through and speaks and they don't need to pass it through the medium's mind or the medium's presence isn't important. So they don't use the, uh, the same mechanics within the, the soul mechanics. They actually just pass it through pure. And all present would hear the actual voice. Absolutely. And they all would see the same thing. So if it was a physical uh, f- uh, presence that was uh, coming through, then you would see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a wonderful medium called uh, Queenie Nixon, and she used to do transfiguration and everybody could see exactly the same person whereas now what we're seeing uh, when we're when we're sitting with people that are doing physical um, uh, you might see uh, a, a beautiful beautiful native american and i might see a chinese and hmm. so uh, and that means that it's still mental mediumship it hasn't turned physical I okay see. Okay. Well, many of those listening today are not mediums, but they want to know how to feel a deeper connection with their own loved ones who have crossed. What's your advice for them? Did you believe in them when they were here? Wow. Because if you did, then you can trust them now. And if you can take that with you when you're sitting... And just think, yes, I may not get a message that tells me uh, what I'm going to be doing next week. Uh, I may only just feel the presence of them. All right. Mm -hmm. But if I trust and believe in them to the same degree that I did when they were here, and then, then allow, you can allow that to happen. Now, they may touch more your sensitivity than your clairvoyant vision. And they may touch your claircognizance more because those would be easier for them. But remember, they're caught up in the emotion too. So be kind, be gentle, be aware that they have to learn how to actually pass these thoughts and these impressions to you because now they can talk, but you're not going to hear them. So they've got to find a way to be able to impress your mind to such a degree. So give them an opportunity to learn how to adjust. Right. And to sit, and just to sit quietly, perhaps holding something that that you treasure that belongs to them. Uh, One of the things I know with the spirit world, and it's one that I hear a lot, and I'm sure you do, that the spirit world will say, and she holds my jumper, and she can smell me. Mm -hmm. I really feel that that is the spirit world is saying, uh, that's where we're going to connect together. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a, it's beyond psychometry, but it really does give that, if you like, that significant connection. So if I could interrupt a second, for those who aren't familiar with the term, psychometry is when you hold an object that belonged to someone and you can feel their energy through the vibration, through the energy of that object. So you're saying hold something of the loved ones. You said jumper and that I believe we would call a sweater. Oh, right. right. <laughs> yeah. And so hold a sweater or hold a, a treasure belonging of theirs and that will help you increase the connection well it will help you to if you like it's like a talisman it's like a it's like uh, the key 
that opens the door. Hmm. And sometimes that will work perfectly. But it isn't psychometry. Psychometry is the measurement of the article, all right? What what I want you to do when you're holding the the article, and it can be a ring, it could be something that, an ornament that they loved, something that's been left to you to treasure. Uh, so do, not necessarily does it have to be a sweater. Uh, but just hold it and know that this may help with that lovely connection. But above all else, don't question. That's that is the challenge most people have. They they think they're imagining this presence that they suddenly yeah. feel. You should be able to feel the presence and the power coming from within. And I honestly believe that if you can symbolically use the uh, the chakras, symbolic, they're symbolic. That's what they are. But they help us to focus. So the conscious mind focuses on utilizing a power within ourselves to help the spirit world. And that's what really you need to do, is to actually say, now, I'm not here, uh, you know, just for the evidence. I'm here to help you to feel me as I'm feeling you. And if they could start there, then from that it could become stronger. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you. It could become stronger. Uh, but I wouldn't rush it and I wouldn't take a list of uh, of questions with you. Uh, just be content to be in the power and the presence. And when you open the chakras, you're actually expanding the auric field. And, of course, the illumination that comes for the spirit world. Um, as the auric field expands then that's where the spirit will kind of just see your colour, see your light, and really get the warmth from you of your love. So at the beginning, you may not feel anything. At the beginning, you may have to sit for quite a while before you even begin to recognise that you're starting to influence the soul to actually uh, bear witness to the fact that you can touch them. Beautiful. That's a bit like the igniting you were talking about. Absolutely. Beautiful. What's one of the biggest misconceptions people have about the spirit world? Oh, we've got so many, haven't we? First of all, that they're going to tell you to find the fifth husband, (laughs) or you're going to win the pools, or there's going to be a new house. And the other one is that there are evil spirits, and that there are earthbound spirits i was hoping you'd touch on that yes uh now we can't we can't say that the old pioneers were wrong for believing like that we can't actually make a judgment on the old pioneers because they believed in that they believed in earthbound spirits and entities the reason they believed in them was because many of them came up through christian belief And because they come up indoctrinated, that was what was in their mind. So at the beginning, the spirit world had to protect them from themselves. Okay. Mm -hmm. And from the thoughts that had been brainwashed into them. Okay. We were brainwashed into believing there was an evil spirit and there was heaven and there was hell. All right. And we haven't got that now. We haven't got it. What we know now is that everything, once we go to the world of the spirit, we will go to a world that will help us to become the soul we should be if we are evil, if we have not ignited the soul. All evil comes from the soul not being ignited. That's what it comes from. So we know that they take people, uh, they're still people, they're still, but they will be going to a world where they are encouraged to allow the soul to awaken. Mm-hmm. All right. And they as can't for, touch here. As for so-called earthbound spirits, all souls go to the light. Absolutely. But there are some who choose to hang around oh, here absolutely. a bit, right? Absolutely. You there are some that won't go to the spirit world because they don't want to do They don't want to go on all these journeys. They're very happy to be in service to humanity on the earth. 
And I know you're going to ask me now about uh, one in one one instance. Are you? Okay, yes. Shall I? Mm-hmm. I'll go with that story. Well, many many years ago, after there was a great deal of uh, uh, of trouble at one of our what would you call it swimming pools, swimming swim club, I guess swimming club. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you've got to remember that we don't swim outdoors, we swim inside, okay, because it's very cold in the UK, <laughs> all right. Uh, so um, in that, uh, there was, uh, they they had a lot of phenomena going on, where doors were banging, lights were going off, uh, uh, everything was happening, uh, uh handbags and purses were being thrown across the room so people would say that place was haunted haunted absolutely and to be thrown into total darkness in a huge swimming pool Mm. would have been horrendous wouldn't it oh absolutely awful anyway they called everybody in and then they eventually invited a medium which was me (laughs) okay and I go in and uh, instantly saw this gentleman just an ordinary man and he was sat and he was uh just sat watching what was going on, and uh, but you saw him objectively and yes. knew he was a spirit. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Uh, so I actually started a conversation with him and said to him, "What on earth is it you that's doing all this?" And he said, "Yes, it is." <laughs> he said, "And I'm not apologising for it because it's the right thing to do." And I thought, "Oh God, how am I going to work with this?" Anyway, he said, "Let me tell you the story." And there was a baby pool, a shallow baby pool, mm-hmm. where the children would go to paddle. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, there was a, a swimming uh, a swimming pool where the bikini-clad 17, 16-year-olds were, <laughs> all these glamorous girls were. Mm-hmm. But what the mistake that the uh, sh- superintendents had made was that they'd put the young men looking after the children in mm-hmm. the baby pool. Mm-hmm. And they put the older people looking after the bikini clad. But the young men weren't interested in the ba- in the small pool. They were watching the girls with their bikinis. Uh-huh, a little distraction there. Absolutely, <laughs> a great distraction. And he said that there was going to, a child would lose its life. All right, that this there would be a drowning. That's why the spirit was making... Okay. And that's why he was creating havoc. Wow. And he said to me, they need to change it because they will lose a child. Uh, so uh, I went and talked to the officials and they said, fine, we'll change them over. So the older it's people... It's amazing went, to me that they listened. They listened. They <laughs> had everybody else in. And they were losing, well, I suppose they were losing finance because they were losing clients okay, mm. as well. So uh, they changed them over and overnight everything stopped. Everything stopped. Wow. Everything was normal. They never had another problem. So they invited me back uh, for for uh, a coffee. So I went back and there he is sat on this, <laughs> sat on this chair and I said to him, you're still here, he said. Oh, yes, he said. You never know it could happen again. Oh, yeah, wow. I'm quite happy to stay here and take care of the this swimming pool. Fantastic. So, you know, did was he wrong to create that disturbance? Yes, he frightened everyone to death. There was no <laughs> doubt about it. But for the right reasons. Right. Okay. And he was not earthbound. He could have gone to another level at any time. Any second. Mm-hmm. Wow. I never cease to be amazed at the intelligence of those in spirit, how they get messages across to us. And if people were saying, you know, that then why is it I can go into a house and I can feel that it's not nice and I can feel that the energy isn't good, um, it's because it's impregnated in the walls. So say, for instance, you go into a house where there has been violence, any description, violence of any description, it'll have seeped into the wall. So you're not talking to the spirit, but you are picking up the messages from the atmosphere. This is really good for people to understand how it works. But we only have a couple minutes left. I could talk to you for hours. I can't believe how quickly this has gone. But, you know, I feel it's very clear your soul chose this work. How do you personally feel about the last 50 years? You've talked about it a lot, but would you do it all over again? Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely without a shadow of a doubt and I'd go for the joys and I'd go for the sorrows and I probably would hope I'm a little bit more wise I've got more wisdom and not give up at all all right I thank you for sharing it with us today what do you like to do when you're not working uh read uh I like to read I like country and western I'm a country and western fan um I like all kinds of things so uh but I do like reading very good. I understand you like ironing, too. Yes, I do. That's the secret, isn't it? <laughs> the secret but I talk to the spirit world a lot when I'm ironing. Uh, but I do like ironing. And I've got, I, I tell people I've got so many, uh, uh, do you call them tea towels? Yes. Uh, tea towels uh, from all over the world now. So when I'm ironing, I'm traveling the world uh, again. Iceland, Finland, America, Canada, all over. Uh, well, so you're I the one that it. taught me to say that's lovely. Oh, we didn't even get to talk about your guide, Mikasan, but I'm sure that that's when you talk to him when you're ironing as well as other times. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's when he's real, you know, when I see him objectively. And, you know, I suppose when we see the spirit world objectively, it's like people that see a hologram. They are so real. Is that clear? I look forward to that happening for me. It unfolds for all of us in our own way, but... I've learned so much from you over the years. It's an honor uh, to be with you now, to help share your wisdom with others. Thank you so much for joining us. Maybe you'll come back again and share more. It's been a pleasure. Hasn't the hour gone quickly? Far too quickly. Thank you all. Please join us again next week. Many of us have heard someone say, I've learned my lesson. I'll never do that again. All too rarely do we hear, that was a wonderful lesson. I'm glad it happened just the way it did, even though I was uncomfortable going through it. I now understand why I experienced the pain. With this new awareness, I can change my behavior so I won't make the same mistake in the future. We bear a good part of the responsibility for creating both the positive and the negative situations we experience in daily life. Wisdom comes from understanding the result of our choices and realizing that we can always choose differently. By fearlessly confronting the role you play in the experiences you may have judged as mistakes in your life, you can make future experiences fruitful and increase your wisdom. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. 
Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. What got you started on your spiritual path? Minister and radio host Paul John Roach says his path began when he heard George Harrison of the Beatles talking about Hindu philosophy and meditation. Paul John writes about it in the current edition of Unity Magazine. And don't miss the interview with Eben Alexander, the neurologist whose near-death experience led him to write Proof of Heaven. It's all in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine. Go to unity.org and click on Publications. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. 